Welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, the podcast for all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen, this season reporting to you from Iceland. Hey, Outlaws. At home, I always seem to be recording this podcast in the morning, but in Iceland, at Gulkastan, I feel like the afternoon is the time to record this podcast because people are out hiking or swimming or napping or creating their work, and I feel like I have a little bit more solitude and privacy. I'm hoping to be able to talk to a few of the artists here uh, and do elaborations with them questions on how did they get introduced to poetry what did it mean to them throughout their lives uh, what place this poetry got in the world and whether they would like to read a poem Uh, so far I've struck out once I asked uh, Stephanie who comes from Manchester and she's a painter very much in the style of uh, Francis Bacon and um, Otto Dix I would say she's living in Berlin has been for five years and she just basically said nope I would be useless. I don't have any opinion about it. I don't read it. I don't want to talk about it. And uh, she was apologetic, but there you go. Uh, I could not woo her. So I actually just came back from a long walk and I went to the local swimming pool, which is, yeah, where the locals swim. It's right opposite where the locals don't swim, which is the Fontana Spa, uh, which is unfortunately your only access to the lake now. Uh, rich people get to go in the lake as usual and there's also you know the pool there and the hot tubs or hot pots as they call them but it's about 37 bucks admission whereas the pool is about five bucks and they swam a bunch of lengths in the shallow end because I don't like the deep end Um, only in art not in swimming and then there's three different um, temperatures of hot pots so I went into the hottest one a few times and there was basically nobody there there was some girls playing basketball in the gym from the school there's a local school here that has uh, about 200 kids who are 14 to 17 I think it's a boarding school and uh, that that includes uh, so there's 200 kids and the population is about 350 so there you have it Um, very youth-based Anyway, so I did that, and I stopped by the cemetery on the way, because one must always stop at cemeteries. And let's see, I've been trying to get into... See, I'm good at being in a routine. Routine is easy for me. Uh, What's difficult for me is being in different environments for my routine, so fitting it into alternate structures and um, other people's routines or lack thereof. So, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, usually I'll get up in the morning to relative silence and I'll be doing my routine in that and then a lot of people will go away to retreats like this because they don't have silence to do their work in or they're constantly interrupted and I mean of course you have tons of obligations and responsibilities at home and there's cats whining and so forth uh, but I've developed a pretty uh, structured type of you know creating time for myself and here I have to negotiate a bit more around other people and, you know, when they're getting up and how loud they're talking and what other things they're, you know, doing or not doing. So still sticking to my schedule, uh, which is uh, reading a poetry and poetics as usual in the morning and working on a poem 
and I'm working on uh, Anglo-Saxon alliterative verse modes and trying to get my ear into that particular rhythm. And I'm doing research on various kinds of weather patterns throughout history. I do that more a little bit later after breakfast and go for a walk. And then in the afternoon, I might do some secretarial style work, you know, uh, proofreading or submitting um, or again doing some more research and just lots more reading and much more walking than I've been able to do. So that's terrific. So today I thought I would, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say two things that relate back to home. Uh, One was when I first posted my Icelandic picture, uh, I think it was the first one on Facebook, a guy I went to high school with, he said to me, you know, if you were a country, I'd like to think that you were Iceland. And I thought to myself, I wonder what that means. And now I've been here for a few days. I'm thinking, okay, so Iceland lacks any kind of wild, dangerous animals. It pretty much only has birds and fish and sheep, uh, domesticated creatures. Uh, there's there's a bleakness to it, a barrenness to it. There's lots of, uh, you know, intense breezes. There's shifts of weather that are extreme. Uh, it's friendly but has a precision to it that could seemingly have an edge of chill. Um, it likes vistas that go on forever. So I wonder if any of those are relating to my personality. <laughs> it was quite a curious comment. And the other thing I'd like to mention is that um, somebody told me there was a controversy controversy going on about the Fiddlehead magazine and a review that had been published in there about Emily Riddle's The Big Melt book. And I did not read the review, so I don't know precisely and accurately what it said. But I reviewed The Big Melt as well, and I gave it what I thought was a pretty darn glowing review. And I think the only thing I said at the end was that some of the poems could be talky. And apparently this reviewer from what another poet told me uh, said that the poems could be prosy at times, which is basically what I said. And then I think maybe the controversy was surrounding the fact that she said the uh, words she used in her indigenous language should be translated so that people who were reading in English and wanted to understand these words should be able to have that option. Uh, and yeah, I disagree with that because I think that, you know, you should be able to include words in your own language embedded and intermixed in, in poems as you see fit. And if people want to look up what they mean, there's many resources to do that as is the case with, you know, technical terms or, you know, uh, they can just reside in the mystery as with neologisms, uh, just enjoy the sounds and the unique worlds that opens in your mind and your ear. Uh, but I still don't like the fact that the review is censored and there was major apologies and the reviewer was basically cancelled. And again, I don't know all the specific details, but it just seems to me a very extreme knee-jerk reaction. Instead, what would have been cooler, I think, would have been Uh, somebody else writing an alternate approach and then the two reviewers getting into a conversation about this particular issue and perspective and dialogue being opened instead of being shut down because I just think there's too much of that going on 
And also, I mean, if we're worried about, uh, and I think this is a huge issue writing reviews of books of poetry, which I faced many times, is people get very sensitive and they get their backs up and they get offended. And this doesn't seem to happen with reviews of prose. I've had so many prose writers thank me uh, immensely for writing reviews of their books, whereas more often than not, uh, unless I'm just 100% gush, which is pretty dang rare, uh, the poet will be irked in various ways or um, just, yeah, not be particularly happy. And I just think this is like pandering uh, and patronizing. And I, I don't think we should go there because we're intelligent people and we should know darn well that we're not perfect and that there's lots of things uh, to say about our work that might be true and might not always be flattering and also it's to open up as I always say about reviews a discourse a language that those who read books of poetry can utilize in order to comprehend which books they might be interested in and how to think about them and discuss them so again an opening rather than a closing okay so that's my perspective on that issue so I've been looking up uh, some contemporary Icelandic poets, and I'm going to read one of them today and hopefully a few others over the next month. And I, I read this article about contemporary Icelandic poetry, and I cut out these quotes here to read to you so you can get an initial sense of what's going on with Icelandic poetry and some of the attitudes towards it. So this... Uh, this poet called last name Valgar, no, Valgar Thur, uh, says Iceland has a strong poetic tradition which plays a part in making poetry a desirable art form. Also, many of our most prominent historical figures were, among other things, poets. Yes, they are particularly respectful towards poets and poetry here, so that's beautiful. So poets have persisted in the national consciousness as heroes of a sort, anti-heroes perhaps. They tend to be romanticized as rebellious outsiders. Oh, I love that, Outlaws, which I think has contributed to a specific notion of coolness about poetry in Iceland. Then Frauta says, poetry is certainly a trend right now. People our age think about a young person when they think about a typical poet, not the stereotypical middle-aged man. But then Vagaratha says, people project masculine ideas onto what a poet is or should be. This is something I've been aware of from the start and I'm very consciously working against. Then, later on in the article, it says, although Ragnar doesn't mind the current surge of hipster poets at all, he says he's looking forward to poetry becoming uncool again. The only thing I'm really worried about is these kinds of articles that everyone will read, he says. Poetry needs to keep a low profile, as it makes for better poetry when you just throw your artwork into a black hole. <laughs> I just love that idea. We just write shit and we just toss it in the abyss. Woohoo! Valgar Thur also wonders how much longer poetry will be considered cool. And both she and Bergthora hope that it won't decline again. I hope that people will continue to experiment with language and try to find their own ways of working with it instead of following a fixed concept of poetry. Bergthora says. So there you have that perspective. Um... Yeah, uh, the notion of poetry being cool or not cool. I, I always find that really hilarious because 
I've been writing poetry for so long and of course when I started writing it I had no notion of trend or cool or school or uh, participating in a group or anything like that it was just uh, responding and reacting to the world around me through sound and I try to keep it with that at its core okay so let's read a poem by the Icelandic poet Vala Thorods uh, this is from the White Review from May 2017, and it's translated. And this piece is called Through Flight. For a moment, we are born into the air and then down. It is there behind everything. On the corner outside your Huonang, where the steps descend to meet the train, you leave. It stops. What is rawness but an opening? the space inside me to which you climb and never leave. For hours, hours, then I begin counting down what a long journey this life will be without you. Meanwhile, the train slips through the night and we hear nothing, past the place we inhabited on different strata, unseeing. Until evening, the air calm after a day of enveloping everyone and it's just us, the stove, the coffee has done heating, smoke out of the window. It is us, just. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.